Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, welcome back to Two Top. I'm here with Matt. How are you? And I'm Thomas. And as always, I don't know what Matt has for discussion, and Matt doesn't know what I have for discussion. But it's always a good time. Always. Now, Matt, let's just dive right into it with our first topic today. Go for it. Do you have a credit card? No, no credit cards. Well, Only debit. Time to hear a short history on the credit card. So, credit cards, the idea of credit dates all the way back to the early 1900s, end of end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s. Uh, credit was an in-store thing that people could have. They could keep tabs in some stores and have a credit line. Say like, oh, I'll pay you back. I just don't have the money right now. And this would eventually evolve into actual like accounts in these stores to have credit go back and forward between. Now, the problem is to buy more expensive things like a refrigerator back in the day or like a car or something, you'd have to take out a loan from the bank. So you'd have to go to the bank and say, I need a loan to buy a refrigerator. And you'd take out a loan and then you'd go to the bank, get your loan, then go to the store and then you'd pay off the loan eventually. Now, a man saw this whole deal with credit in stores, with people having their own tabs and the loans. And this guy, Frank X McNamara, was like, what if there was just a card that did it all kind of like a little loan from the bank and it was called the diners club card Hmm. now the single charge card worked in new york restaurants and hotels it was kind of like a modern day credit card in a sense but it was very limited it only worked at some restaurants only worked at some hotels and only in new york now this came out in 1949 the diners club card now in 1958 bank of america the bank we still I'm very love familiar today. with that bank. Um, they began giving out credit cards in 1958 in the small town of Fresno, California. They gave out six sixty thousand cards, and each card had about five hundred dollars of credit on each card. And it wasn't like nowadays you gave you were given a form to sign up for a card. They were just giving out cards ready to use out of your mailbox to go buy stuff. Which then eventually led to a law being passed saying, hey, you can't do that because there was a lot of fraud. Yeah. People would find out, all right, they delivered the credit cards on these days. So when the mail was delivered, people would go steal the cards, spend the credit, and then fraud would ensue. Because they were giving these cards out to everyone. Like dead people were getting cards. Children were getting cards. Jeez. Because they were just... You didn't have to apply for it or anything. They just gave them to you, which you can imagine leads to some problems. So then they made this whole act saying, hey, you can't do that, which makes sense. You'd think they, the government would think of that sooner. But then again, credit cards were something new. This was the 1950s. And I guess that law being passed was kind of a bridge into the modern credit scheme. Exactly. So Bank of America giving out cards to this small town and um over time they start to expand further and further and further and then within a year over one million cards were given out by bank of america and then after that that's when the law was placed saying hey no giving out cards just because they actually started to grow all over america and the bank america card system became so big 
that they actually turned into what we know now as Visa. That's why Bank AmeriCard is becoming Visa, the most widely recognized card in the world. Visa, we're keeping up with you. Now, all the other people who were competing with Bank AmeriCard became MasterCard, mm. which are still two Battle of the Brands. Now, I didn't find where American Express comes from, but if I find anything else, I'll put it in the description. It's certainly a, thir- a third party that is yeah. fighting for you know the monopoly of the credit card. And another fact is, uh, t- so today, there's now $900 billion of credit card debt. $900 billion. In the billion U.S. alone. And over 70, uh, average of 70 adults have a, at least one credit card in their wallet. Now, what's wild about this is credit cards are something that I feel like everybody has now. But that was not the case back then. But now... I feel like everyone gives out credit cards. Every store gives out credit cards. And it all goes through Visa or MasterCard or this American Express. Now, what's interesting is while doing research, I found out that these headquarters mainly stick to either, I believe it's Minnesota or Delaware. You know why? Why is that? Because there's no regulation on the interest they can charge. Oh. Yeah. So originally back Back in the day, each state had their own amount of interest to charge on credit. Now, this would not be where the bank headquarters is. It's where the bank was. So if you got your credit card in California, you get California interest on it. But if you're in the same bank, but in Minnesota, you got Minnesota okay, interest Okay, that makes on sense. It. So then it was changed that the headquarters is where all the interest is. So then these companies went to these states that had no regulations so they could charge mm. you a lot sneaky tricky now for a while the banks weren't making very money like i was reading somewhere that bank america uh the american bank americard that's what i'm talking about they actually didn't receive any money during their first start they actually lost money because you know back in the day loans and stuff like to get a loan you have to go to a bank you have to talk to a banker in order to get this loan and it's more face to face but with these credit cards, which were in a sense a loan without the regulation in a sense, mm-hmm. um, people wouldn't pay it back because it was anonymous. There wasn't the eye to eye of, hey, I'm giving you money. You'll pay me back. Oh, so there's a, there a gap between yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, truth there. Yeah, the human interaction is lost. So these people with these plastic cards, it was actually said that back then one in four people were not paying these Bank America cards that they were giving out. Mm. That's that's quite a few. So Bank America was losing tons of money back in the day. But now time has changed and people get their money now, these banks. And actually, Visa gets a lot of money. I believe 3% of all credit card transactions, the fee goes to Visa in every credit thing ever. Every transaction, they now, pocket the this money. This is why some co- some businesses say if you use credit, there is a there's an upcharge. You have to pay a little more because the company doesn't want to lose money because they have to pay Visa to do this. That's why there's such incentive to use cash or debit at least. Debit doesn't do that as well. Now, what's crazy is it was like illegal for a company to say, hey, you can't charge more for this. But then once that was in place, then companies went, it's like, hey, we want to get the most money we can. Visa is rolling in it. Because imagine you go buy anything with your credit card that you'll pay back. You have 
the interest that might end up on that, but just the fact that you bought it with their card gives them money. Not only is the buyer paying interest on the card of the act of buying something and then paying back the bill, but the person selling the product has to pay Visa money for using their card. So Visa doesn't lose at all. <laughs> their only gains, right? Visa wins on both the seller and the buyer point of view. And they just walk away with it all. <laughs> Jeez, big companies. Big, big, big money there. I personally don't have a credit card. There's no current... There's a little desire, but I don't have a job that's all year round. We should certainly... I guess right around our age, we should start building good credit exactly with small purchases and now that i think about it, i do have a credit card it's a company card though that i don't have to pay right yeah because like i do i'm in college i want to build some credit to because when i get older if i need to take out a loan or if i want to get a car or a mortgage for a house you need that line of credit exactly except right now i'm in college as i said <laughs> a and broke college student I'm a broke right? college student who if i do if I do credit card purchases and I have to pay back a credit card bill, I don't really have much. I don't have a solid income to pay that back all the time. So that's why I don't have a credit card. <laughs> I'm looking at mine now. Yeah, it's a visa. Obviously, they're making money there. So I guess when companies buy stuff, visa gets money. <laughs> they're guaranteed money on both ends, the buyer and the seller. That's insane. Yeah, it must be nice to be an accountant for visa. Oh, yeah. Funny story. Just maybe a month ago, I learned that Amex is American Express. Yes. Like, I'm going to pay with Amex card. I, I, I thought that was like a, a company, Amex, but I was like, oh, well, it's American Express. It still is a company, but I didn't know it stood for that. That's just like the trendy way of saying it. I'm 10 years behind, but. Everything has, well, because Visa's short and Amex is also quick short. Uh, yeah, I picture them all being very similar brands that fit on the card, you know. MasterCard is ma MasterCard. You can't mm -hmm. really shorten that too much. But yeah, it's a it's a wild system. I saw. It's funny that you chose this topic of of card paying with card because the other day I watched this great product video of this. It's an invention where it's a single card that you preload all your other yeah. cards. Okay, so I guess there's a couple out on the market. I don't think this one was called Coin, but you can preload your cards, either gift cards, credit cards, debit cards or membership cards on this single card and you charge it with like via battery and it lasts maybe like a month on one charge and you can just cycle through by pressing like a real thin button it's as thin as like maybe two cards a little bit thinner than that it's pretty it's a pretty cool invention and people it's a great invention because people always use cards now rarely do i see cash when i work in retail i don't see cash transactions that's a rare thing it's all card it is all card you're definitely right there but I mean, I'm personally a fan of cash because I feel like it limits my spending a little bit. Oh, certainly. I have like freezer bricks full of cash. You know, yeah. cash is cash is king. Exactly. And it's like if I use card, that's like, oh, I'll pay it back later. It's That's scary it's to think that, about. Yeah, it's scary to use money that you might not necessarily have at that time. But we're young. We are young. We're, yeah, we're, we're broke college students. Yeah, we're the young, the younger demographic here in this credit card world. But it's still something interesting to think about. Oh, we should definitely talk about it. It's a great yeah. topic. I guess I should also mention where I got this idea from. Uh, I was in the car driving back from a vacation with my friends. And my one friend, Tommy Walsh, 
he was going on a whole rant about how Visa's making tons and tons and tons of money. <laughs> well, they are. They are, and you know, I wouldn't mind to be walking in their shoes right now. <laughs> oh, get a get a job for them. But hey, that's the short history of the credit card. It's interesting that the credit card was a West Coast thing and then it shifted out. That's pretty cool to think about. Innovative West Coast. Silicon Valley before it was Silicon Valley. Yeah, right before. All right, shall we shift? Yes, let's shift. shift. focus. So today we're going to go a little space age. Um, the future of rocketry and space travel. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. You know, that's like a typical science topic to talk about. But especially today, is it even relevant? Because are we even doing any space travel? Is there NASA programs that are launching rockets regularly? I feel like it's not as popular as it once was. I would say ever since the... Oh, was that the... Challenger. The, the Challenger ever since the yeah. Challenger explosion, I feel like the eyes towards the space age has kind of shifted back but which is sad i mean i'm a big fan of science i feel like you're a big fan of science. Oh, yeah innovation through exp- exploration and it's kind of sad to see i feel like nasa's no longer as powerful well, it's still powerful but it's not as well received people are like you using my tax dollars to go fly spaceships why aren't you doing something else with it exactly you're making very good points here that reflect basically what i found through my research so before I begin, I just want to tell a quick story. The other day, it was Sunday. No, it was Monday night. It was Monday night of this this week. It was Monday night of this week. My dad called me up, and I was I was in New Jersey at the time on the beach, and he told me there was a rocket launch coming out of Wallops Island, which is the NASA launch pad in Virginia. A smaller launch pad, not the Kennedy Space Station that people think of with the big rockets, but. It's a smaller. It's a smaller scale rocket that was shooting off. Um, it was planning to shoot off at like nine o'clock on Monday night, and they actually canceled the launch because of clouds. So I was waiting on the beach, and it would have been re- a really spectacular thing to see, especially over the ocean, because that's where they launch it over. And you can tell I've seen a rocket launch before, and it's it's a pretty spectacular thing. So this rocket, they're not doing manned launches. This rocket happened to have kind of kind of little detonators in it to explode molecules at a certain level of the atmosphere to see how they react and apparently it was supposed to be like a fireworks show because the molecules were colored it would have been like blue and green clouds that's pretty wild i I mean maybe they're shooting off toxic chemicals i have no idea but it, it was supposed to be pretty cool so the the launch has been rescheduled i don't know for when it's really hard to find stuff online they don't really post much stuff online which is a shame I actually think it's been moved to this weekend because really? I was overhearing the weekend of July, uh, June 17th, 18th for whenever you guys listen to this is when I think they're doing the launch because I remember my brother's actually camping with my dad with the Boy Scouts off the Maryland coast. Oh, yeah. And I remember my mom mentioning, hey, keep your eyes to the skies because there should be a rocket launch this weekend. There you have it. It's it's that rocket coming from Wallops Island in Virginia. 
So this this made me really wonder, like, we don't see many rockets. It's not televised. It's really hard to find stuff online. So what's what's happening in the world of rocketry? So basically, what is rocketry? Rocketry refers to the design, construction, launching, and operation of rockets. Um, recently, on March 30th, 2017, um, at the Kennedy Space Center, a Falcon 9 rocket blasted off from pad 39A to lift a communications satellite into space. So we're still launching big rockets that are taking satellites into orbit. And there's a obviously a ton of satellites. There's a ton of junk in space that we launched in, not just NASA, other space organizations from other countries. And now there's the verge of small scale, self-funded rocket programs. Like SpaceX? SpaceX, Elon Musk of Tesla. So the Falcon 9 was actually using SpaceX's Elon, it was Elon Musk's artful turn of phrase flight proven hardware. So that was his technology in this Falcon 9 rocket that NASA was using. So this Falcon 9 stage had already flown on a previous Falcon 9 flight. It landed and had been refurbished to be flown again. The stage landed on a drone ship in the Atlantic and could be used a third time. This idea of reusing rockets, whereas in the past, these rockets would be disposed of immediately. So this is the third time that this rocket's going on? The very same rocket. Maybe some different hardware on it, but the main components. So you know what that means. It's saving money, which is the biggest thing that kind of halted the space race financial reasons you know the propaganda kind of cut out of the space of the space race in the mid-1900s you know yeah i mean nowadays there isn't much going on in well there's a lot going on in space but there's not a lot of reason to send people into space because back then it was all the first man to the moon or first man in orbit or the whole iss the international space station but now this has all kind of moved to the Chinese space industry, which is growing, and still the Russian industry, which is still flying stuff, and other smaller uh, nations. Well, not smaller nations, but smaller in the space footprint nation. Oh, yeah, certainly. But it's still going on, right? Certainly. Uh, aerospace engineers have been searching for the holy grail of reusable rockets for decades now. And finally, now they're just there's the individual funding that's getting this technology to where it should be. So the idea is that if rockets were not thrown away after one use and could fly again like airplanes, spaceflight would get a lot cheaper um, with everything surrounding that, with the technology. SpaceX has accomplished a crucial step toward realizing that goal um, because it's Elon's own company. And that has no government relationship, yet now they're kind of moving that technology into government programs, which is crazy. Well, if it's not uh, government regulated and it's privatized, there's no resistance from going through a government, going through committees and different parties and different meetings in the Senate and all this to spend government funds. When it's private, they're like, we should do this. All right, let's do it. And yeah. then they have the money, and there's no discussing. Well, this doesn't. This state doesn't believe this, or we shouldn't be putting our money here. It's we're a company to. We have the money. We're gonna do what we want. We're do. a company to fund the future of technology. So that's what we're gonna do. And that's such a cool feeling to know. There's a lot of freedom there. It's also kind of scary knowing that high propulsion rockets are being launched off easily nowadays. But you know what? It's science. The right people are behind the technology. And I'm really curious to see where it goes. 
So the original spaceship we all think of, such as like the Columbia Challenger Discovery Atlantis or Endeavor, you know that typical space shuttle? Yeah. Um, They were all reusable, but they proved to be um, time-consuming and really expensive to turn around between flights, and the project cost savings were never realized. So they did try to do this, but it just the technology wasn't there. The safety wasn't there. They just wanted a fresh platform to work off on each on each launch. Well, yeah, that was the reusal of cr- like crafts of planes that use people, which if you're reusing spacecraft that carry people, there's a whole the whole factor of keeping it safe for them and being able to fuel. And all those things. But if it's unmanned flights, all you have to worry about is, can it take off and can it land? And there's no human involvement anywhere. Maybe it's better that these reusable crafts are more towards what they are now for throwing satellites up instead of maybe throwing people up because there's more error when you throw a human in there. Oh, yeah. And if something went wrong, you know what would happen? It would be media coverage all over and it would shut down that push. Exactly. And we don't want to see that. We want to see this keep going. I guess, you know, exploration is key. So the Delta Clipper, a prototype of vertical takeoff and landing rocket, like you said, takeoff and landing are the most important things. So this Delta Clipper that flew during the 1990s was never taken to the next step of becoming an orbital vehicle. The X-33 rocket was an attempt to build a vertical takeoff and horizontal landing spacecraft that could be reused, but cost overruns and technical challenges led to the project's cancellation. So ideally, it was the money that couldn't be put toward these reusable rockets. But nowadays, it's a whole different story. So entrepreneurs such as Tesla's Elon Musk and Blue Origin's Jeff Bezos are on the verge of succeeding where NASA and the military failed for decades. I wouldn't say failed. They just struggled. I wouldn't say they failed. I would just say it was a different time. Back then, they had weaker computers and weaker technology. I mean, for Pete's sakes, I love reading the fact of the computer inside the Apollo spacecraft is weaker than the graphing calculators we use today or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Those are crazy facts. It's like, it's a totally different time. It's a totally different time period. As time pushes forward, it's only going to become more and more easier and more and more affordable in the affordable being instead of maybe billions of dollars, it's millions. Yeah. Probably That's still right a billion there. or two. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as long as costs go down, I can see this industry growing exponentially until I wouldn't say not recreational spaceflight or like commercial, but more like moving a lot of industry to space. Like oh, I yeah. remember reading somewhere about the space mining of the mining of asteroids for resources. I don't know if you have anything on that or. But I knew SpaceX was also kind of moving towards that stuff because eventually Earth's resources are limited. Why not mine something that flies by? Only time will tell. Everything's a development. Everything takes time. And space is not something you want to rush because there's a lot of important things to factor in when you're throwing a couple ton rocket into orbit and then making it land. Above our heads. Yeah, and then making it go again. Mm-hmm. And then again. Well, the company Blue Origin suborbital rocket, New Shepard, has flown a total of five times. Five times? Yeah, that's the same rocket five times. That's, you know, millions of dollars of technology that's being reused. So it's really good to see. There hasn't been error if it's flown five times. Um, the orbital version, New Glenn, will also be reusable. Has um, it put payloads up? 
Yeah. Oh, so it's actually Small doing satellites. Wor- it's doing work up there too. Yeah, it's it's not just loops. it's done five tests. It's exactly. done exactly. Some some of those five launches might have been tests. Right, but, but definitely they were carrying payloads on some of them. If at least two of them were payloads, that's that's the future. That's what it's moving towards. That's what it's supposed to be. Yes. Because back in the day, if you wanted to put a satellite into orbit, you had to you'd have your payload, but then you'd also have to get a rocket, mm-hmm. and then the rocket you wouldn't get back. No, the rockets would typically fall into the ocean. So you eventually just have to keep building rocket after rocket after rocket just to put these satellites up. But if you fix the, if you can reuse the rocket, think of it like having to deliver a a pickup truck with a cargo load in the back. But each time the pickup truck got to its destination, you had to get a new one. Yeah, that's a very good, that's a very good analogy. Like imagine if every time Amazon sent a semi truck with a bunch of uh, merchandise across the country and the minute it got to california they're like all right time to make a new one and they couldn't reuse that'd it. that'd be completely ridiculous or like a cargo ship floating across the ocean carrying tons and tons of merchandise and then when the ship gets to the other side they're like well can't use this ship anymore it's like if we really want to move stuff to space and put more up there and even put satellites and maybe even people up there so say maybe people we have to be able to reuse these things otherwise it's just not going to be something that happens at all but yeah, that's my opinion. Well, a lot of people have the same opinion, and the money is being funded by these small companies, and that's where they want to see it. Reusable rockets to boost the space frontier, I guess you could say. I wouldn't call them small companies, but... <laughs> well, smaller than government organizations, I guess, but there's still, you know, there's a lot of money behind them. They're no NASA, but some would say they're doing better than NASA themselves. Well, honestly, yeah, they might have more money than NASA. Well, hey, maybe one day the podcast will be in space. Hey, that would be killer. Hey, well, we can pay for we can pay for it with a credit card. How about that? Yeah, charge it. Is that it for this week? That's it for this week. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week on another two topics. See you guys. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics. Hey everyone, I just want to let you guys know that we are now on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand, and you can download the free app today from any app store. They have thousands of shows for you to discover, and you can throw them in your own custom playlists. You can find them on iOS and Android and the Google Play Store. They're on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. And you can stream all your favorite podcasts, including Two Top. So if you don't have Stitcher, I suggest you download it from the app store. And while you're there, it would help our show if you left a rating and a review. That's Stitcher, radio on demand.